Welcome to another episode of the Heartship Journey podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm your host, Andrea Mauser, a mindset and personal growth coach and creator of Choose Your Journey. We all endure hardship in some form in our life, and it's those very things we go through, we grow through. My guest today is Carrie Moore, who became a widow at the young age of 26. Carrie shares of her late husband, Travis Pataska, and how they met, their love story, and heartache. Travis had a bucket list that Carrie had intentions of supporting so he could achieve what was always on that bucket list, even after his passing. This is an incredible and uplifting story and one you will want to share. Thank you for listening and be sure to check out my website, www.chooseyourjourney.co to hear other episodes of inspiration. Welcome to another episode of the Heartship Journey podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Carrie, it's so good to talk to you. I am so happy to have you a part of this. It's It's been a long time. Our paths crossed quite a bit back in the day. And it's funny how sometimes we can kind of come full circle on things. Yeah. Yeah. So Carrie and I actually, we worked together at Prudential way back in the day. And it was funny. I was thinking about that and I was like, just the, the memories, it just, it's almost like a high school. I don't know, like maybe not a high school, but there was such a connection there of relationship building and the people that you just interacted with. Cause it was such a large, large company and, but small too, because it was like, you knew of so many people who are related or cross their paths that way. So it's, it's truly an honor to be able to reconnect with you. Yeah, it's good to connect with you too, Andrea. Yeah, so I'll let you go ahead and, and share with our guests a little bit about you, you and your background. All right. So my name is Carrie Moore. Um, I started living in St. Anatus on a farm till about the age of six. And then I moved west of Bellevue to another farm. Uh, my parents are Loris and Carolyn Weber. And I'm the third of four kids in my family. My siblings are Jason, Missy, and Troy. And a little note there, Missy actually uh, worked at Prudential too. And um, she is actually back working at Prudential, which is now Empower. I don't know if you knew that, Andrea. No, I didn't. No, she's, she's been awesome though too to connect with. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. So I started at Prudential actually the day after I graduated high school. Oh my yeah. gosh. I didn't realize yeah. that. Wow. So I had no summer break after senior year. And it was in the mailroom, right? Is that right? It was in the mail- yeah. There yeah. was a lot of fun down there. It was <laughs> We're like a little family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So I started, um, at Prudential and I went to college at NICC where I was hoping to become an administrative assistant. So I worked there for about eight years. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Before I came to Marquette Catholic where I am right now as their assistant. It all worked out. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of getting into my story here, um, takes me back to November of 2007. And we are in November now. Okay. I just have to say it's so, I want to say ironic, but, um, there, okay. For, for those listening, I have, I had shared with Carrie, like I had taken a little bit of a break. And so, you know, these episodes, each one, there's like such a reference to November, and I didn't know that before we connected. So holy sure. moly. Okay. I'm just having that moment of like, bliss. okay, sorry, please continue. <laughs> so it was in November of 2007 that I met Travis Pataska. I met him at a CEW. So a Christian experience weekend. Really? Yeah. So, um, he walked past me and he said, boy, my mom was right about you. And I'm like, what? And you hadn't met him before or did you know each other? Well, his mom and my mom worked together um, at a factory in Bellevue called Rockwell. Um, So 
at their break time, they were comparing kind of our dating stories, how we were both frustrated with dating and hated dating. Um, and so they like kind of swapped our phone numbers. Um, and I seen him at the CEW and yeah, he walked past me and had said that. And I'm like, what is that supposed to mean? You know, like, well, what did your mom say about me? Um, so he ended up calling me a few weeks later and I was actually going on a date that night with somebody else. Oh my gosh. But he was cool about it. And he was like, well, you know, if things don't work out or if you want to hang out sometime, you know, just give me a call. Well, things didn't work out with the other guy. And so we started hanging out. Um, I didn't know it at the time, but he was having really bad headaches. Mm. And so he had been trying to go to the doctor and try to figure out what was going on. The doctor kind of chalked it up to be sinus issues and gave him medication for that. But like, they were really, really bad headaches. So he knew something was wrong. Had he gotten migraines before or anything like that they were associated with that? Um, they were just, I don't know as if they were like migraine level, like I think beyond migraine level, Ooh. like bad. So, um, we had kind of just been hanging out as friends. And then in late December of 2007, he had called me to let me know that he had an MRI done. And this MRI showed that he had a stage four cancerous glioblastoma multiform tumor. So that's why he had been having really, really bad headaches was this tumor was in the front, front right lobe of his head. And you were still friends at this time, just kind First, of connecting yep. and talking. Um, Yep. And I remember my, my best friend, Megan, she, um, was like, you're going to fall for him. And at the time I was like, no, you know, I'm just going to be there for him during this time. This is going to be a tough, a tough time in his life. But yeah. So in the middle of January of 2008, he ended up having brain surgery at Mayo and we continued to email back and forth and talk. So, you know, it was kind of different because I wasn't there with him at Mayo because we had started this like brand new friendship, but here he was going through like this major life yeah. event, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Wow. And just continuing to just want to be that support for him during that time. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, he started radiation. He did chemo. Um, he had more doctor's appointments, MRIs. Um, yeah, the list, <laughs> the list just goes on. Wow. And yeah. how's he doing through all that? Did he seem to um, kind of have a positive mindset about it or just tried to get through it? Yeah, he had a pretty positive mindset. Um, he really enjoyed fishing and woodworking. So um, kind of to take his mind off of things, he would go and do that. And so what transpired then within you that decided, was there a point that you're like, okay, our friendship actually means more? Yeah, so actually um, later on that January, when he got back from Mayo, um, first thing he wanted to do was hang out. And so we did. And then he like officially asked me to be his girlfriend. And just from there, things grew and just, yeah, enjoyed each other's company and doing things mm -hmm. together. And he had actually purchased a house. And so I helped him kind of get the house together and kind of be that girl to help him pick out furniture. <laughs> Some Sometimes another input or influence is always appreciated. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah. And with his diagnosis was, was it ever shared with him that, you know, what the, what the potential outcomes could be? Absolutely. Yeah. The statistics for GBM are very daunting. Um, do not Google it because <laughs> it is very depressing. Um, so yeah, he knew that the statistics were definitely against him, but, um, you know, him and I both thought, Hey, he can beat this. So once he got out of the hospital and bought his house and the decorating, how did his health, what was going on with his health? Was he kind of at a point that he felt better or was he continuing to have Um, treatments? Yeah, he still continued treatments and the chemo would, you know, make him nauseous, make him not sleep at night. Um, just from like the steroids. And, um, I remember him saying that the steroids almost turned off that indicator in your brain that tells you to stop eating. And so he did get, you know, larger during that time because of the steroids, he just, you know, was hungry all the time and kind of retained some of that fluid. And was he, able to work or was he at this time taking kind of like a personal leave to work through his? Yeah, he went to part-time and then eventually, um, he no longer did go to work. Um, so I guess that kind of kept his mind off of things too, aside from the fishing and woodworking. Yeah. And did you go and do some fishing and woodworking with him? We did. Yeah. There was days where I would take like a half day from Prudential and we'd go on the Mississippi and fish. So that was nice. Yeah. 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 And what, what kind of evolved into 2008? Yeah. So, um, things continue to go great for us. Um, so almost a full year later after meeting on Christmas Eve, he proposed to me. Oh, really? (laughs) relationship you know progressed rather quickly and so we were excited to be planning a church wedding in the fall of 2009 then so that again was something that we both could look forward to yeah wow yeah and then um that summer of 2009 we actually ran the bix together you did oh my gosh that's incredible. I've, I've run the Bix before and that is not an easy run. No. Oh my gosh. Wow. That that's incredible. A to do it together and to, you know, even from a healthy standpoint, like just the mindset and the perseverance that he had to be able to want to accomplish that. That is incredible. Yeah. yeah. So that, that again is like another one of my favorite memories together. Yeah. That's awesome. I remember um, we were, you know, running up a really hard hill and we were both just like, oh, I wish this was over. And we look over to our right and here is this um, man in full army gear just running, you know, and we kind of both look at each other like, okay, we need to like suck it up. Like we don't have it so bad. Right. Or I remember, and now that I think about it, it was in 2009 that I ran the Bix with some girls from Prudential too. So holy cow, like just this enlightening moment. But I remember seeing like, you get to a certain point and the people that were leading the pack were already on their way back. It was like, holy cow, that's impressive. (laughs) I'm just going to try and finish because it's hot. It is blazing hot and hilly. Hilly. Yeah, yeah, that was just to finish. We did not have a specific time we were shooting for except for the finish line. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, definitely one one to put in the memory bank for sure. Yeah. So when did so, you get married then? So um, Travis, um, he kind of started having some symptoms that something wasn't right here in August of 2009. So an MRI showed there was two new tumors on the opposite side of his brain. 
So back when he had had surgery um, in January of 2008, they were able to get 99% of this tumor, but this tumor has had fingers that could potentially spread to the rest of the brain. And so that is what was happening um, was there was these fingers creating new tumors. Um, like I specifically, specifically remember um, Travis was trying to do something in our bedroom, like put his clothes away and like his, what he wanted to do and his hands were not matching up. And that was just one of the things that were like, something else is going on. So would he, he, he just, uh, sorry, he went through a mail for all of his procedures and doctoring or did you have other he did his surgery at Mayo but um he did his radiation and chemo in Dubuque okay uh, with the Went Center uh for radiation and then medical associates for the chemo we had uh Dr. Christian Schulteis amazing doctor he actually is no longer um in Dubuque I believe he's in Des Moines um, but him along with Dr. Tammy Noonan, uh, they were awesome, great, personable people to work with. Yeah. So when yeah. that situation took place in the bedroom where it wasn't connecting, you both took it as a sign to get back in touch with doctors and kind of get, get seen, see what was going on. Right. Wow. And what was that news like to hear that there were two new tumors? It was hard. I mean, here we were excited for, you know, our life together and planning of this wedding. And then we were crushed by this news. Yeah. Did the news of the tumors change the opportunity to, to go forward with the wedding? So we kind of had conversations about, okay, what are we going to do? You know, we're about, you know, a month away from our church wedding. Um, Travis was a planner. So he wanted to always make sure that I was taken care of. So we decided to go and talk to the priest to see like, hey, what kind of options do we have here? Do we move up the wedding? You know, kind of what do we do? Um, and so the priest suggested, Hey, why don't you guys go get married by the justice of the peace and still have your church wedding, still be blessed in the church. And so that is what we ended up doing. Um, like I said, cause Travis, he wanted to make sure I was taken care of. Mm. Yeah. And I remember him like forcing me to sit down and go over, you know, his will. Yeah. Well, kind of his wishes and showed me where important papers were. I wanted nothing to do with it. I can't even imagine what that's like to be confronted with that, to, to, to know, like, here's what's happening. Like, here's, here's the, we know this is inevitable and just having to have that conversation, like what a strength of, of Travis. Yeah. So we ended up, um, uh, we got married. Um, I think it was a Tuesday actually. Um, ironically, we were able to say our vows down, um, by the Mississippi river in Dubuque. That's cool. Wow. Uh, he loved the river. He loved fishing. So how perfect. Yes. Like it was meant to be. It, yes. And so we had our family and close friends come. And then we had a little surprise visit from my prudential mailroom folks. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, everyone made it a special day for us. We um, ended up having like a little reception at my brother's garage and they had a cake for us to cut. Yeah. 
but we still tried to enjoy the day as best as we could. And what day was that? That was August 6th. Okay. You acted quickly from, because the bitch was at the end of July and then yes. going into how he was feeling very quick turnaround. Yes. Wow. Just because we weren't sure what was going to happen. We still had our, um, September 19th of 2009 church wedding. Um, and that was beautiful as ever as well. Um, that's more the date that we went with because it was a date we specifically picked. Yeah. Yeah. That's great that you guys were still able to experience that. How was he feeling that at that day? Um, he wasn't feeling the best, but you wouldn't have really known that he was pretty good at kind of covering it up. Yeah. Push through. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, were you able to go on any type of like honeymoon or trip or, you know, did you really just stay close Uh, given what was going on? We stayed close at that time. Um, just enjoyed spending the time together. Um, Travis had a bucket list of things that he wanted to fulfill before his time here was up. And one of the most important things on his bucket list was to become a dad. So we had discussed starting a family quickly after we were married, since we didn't know what the future would hold. Um, Travis, like I said, he was a planner. Um, So before he started any of his treatments, he went to Iowa city and banked, um, kind of preparing that future, um, for us to have kids. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And looking back, like we weren't even together long, you know, for him to do that. And yeah, so that's kind of why we didn't take a honeymoon or anything was, our focus was, you know, to start that family. So, um, we traveled back and forth to Iowa city. Um, and then in December of 2009, I did find out that I was pregnant. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So we were over the moon excited. So in January of 2010, we, went out to Iowa city for an early ultrasound and I'll never forget those words that the ultrasound tech said, um, as she was scanning, um, she had said, I'm sorry, there's no heartbeats. So here we were pregnant with twins and they didn't make it. So that's another another hard, hard thing for us to go through. Yeah. Yeah. But you know how they say that God doesn't give us more than we can handle. So a month later in February, um, Travis had another MRI and that showed progression of more tumors. So at that time, um, the doctors had explained that we've exhausted all options for Travis and there was nothing more that they could do. So they suggested that hospice be brought in. So we did, we had hospice come into our home. Uh, one of those things that you think no 26 year old should have to ever experience the plan of dying. Yeah. It, I think like hospice of like, you know, eighties, you know, much older, like full life. So yeah, to think right. of 26 just doesn't, doesn't anywhere come close. No. And he was so healthy. Like we just couldn't, couldn't like fathom, like why this was happening to him. Yeah. He took good care of his body. He didn't use drugs, didn't smoke. 
mm-hmm. you know, maybe had a couple mixed drinks here and there, but yeah. Wow. Just not fair. <laughs> no. no. So another item on Travis's bucket list was to see the Grand Canyon. So we did plan a quick honeymoon. Uh, It was like the end of February, first part of March. Um, We planned that with his best friend and his best friend's wife um, to fulfill that dream. And that trip was awesome. awesome. If you ever get a chance to go to the Grand Canyon, it is absolutely breathtaking. What was that like to be able to go? It was exciting, but I will admit I was very nervous because he was declining. It was hard for him to walk. Yeah. And I remember kind of scoping out like nearest hospitals on the trip, like just in case something were to happen, mm-hmm. like we can go over here. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily we didn't have to utilize that, but yeah, it was kind of nervous, kind of sad, all the emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and during this time, were you experiencing more of the realization that this is what I don't want to have, have happen is happening in our lives? Yeah. Did you have support for yourself during that time? Yeah. uh, Both of our families, our friends, neighbors, the community. Yeah. I'm sure it was really just embellishing in every single moment that was possible, you know, and maximizing every opportunity to be together in that trip and, and beyond. Absolutely. Yeah. And just, I don't know, experiencing that, those moments with Travis, something that he really, really wanted to do and see. And how long was the trip for? Um, I think it was about like five to seven days. That's good. That was a good yeah. time to, to do quite a bit as opposed to like a, a quick, you know, sometimes it's a night or two and then back to reality. So that's great that you guys were able to extend it out. Yeah. And so of course we stayed in Las Vegas. So when Travis couldn't sleep at night, him and his buddy would go down and do some gambling. (laughs) Good for them. Yeah. He even forced me to put $20 in a machine, which like killed me because, you know, I would rather have something a little more tangible, you know, like a shirt or something you're not guaranteed that this $20 you're going to get back. True. And I did. <laughs> <laughs> Go figure, right? The It's about the experience. Yeah. 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 So after your fulfillment on the bucket list and kind of coming back home, what happened next? Yeah. So I ended up taking the family medical leave at Prudential um, to be able to be at home to take care of Travis, um, which looking back, I fully, fully appreciate Prudential for allowing me to do that. Um, definitely very emotional weeks after that. Um, just like giving him his medicine, helping him go to the bathroom, um, bathing him, you know, like, I think for Travis, it was, I don't know the right word, um, not really demeaning, but, you know, like, it shouldn't be this way. Like, I shouldn't be having to take care of him. You know, I he felt bad. Really seemed like he was the caretaker for you. Yes. yes. So the opposite, or the roles were reversed in a sense, and... Perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember like specifically sitting in the bathroom with him and we both just looked at each other and cried. Like we just wish we had more time together. 
Yeah. Cause really with that marriage, you're talking what, six, seven months of trying to create a, a lifetime of memories, events, and experiences in such a short, short time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was definitely scared each day that it could be the last one I had with him. So how do you, like, what's your mindset going through all that? Like, do you, do you physically or not physically, but like mentally have to extinguish out like anything like of a, a thought of negativity, you know, to try to bring in space for, for positive and just embracing the, the time that you had that day or. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely hard. Um, because we knew what reality was going to be, but yeah, having to, you know, just think about the positives and enjoying each moment together. Yeah. yeah. And how was Travis doing at that time? He, of course, was, you know, wanting to make sure I was being taken care of and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And was it during that time, you know, had he ever thought anything more about the becoming a dad on that bucket list. Yeah. So we did have time to sit and talk about our future family. And we both agreed that I would continue to try for that, that last item on his bucket list when I would be ready. Yeah. And we talked about potential names. Um, Travis's grandpa Jack was his role model. And so we wanted to incorporate, um, grandpa Jack's name. If we were to ever have a child of our own. Yeah. Talked about that. Um, that kind of gave me hope beyond this darkness that there may be something good that could come. Talk about a perspective right there. Wow. So the end of March came and Travis was bed bound. He asked to have a priest come in to do anointing of the sick. And Travis wasn't like a religious guy, you know, he prayed here and there, but I wouldn't have considered him religious. So this was something huge. He thought that night that he wanted the anointing of the sick, that it was going to be his last night. But luckily it wasn't. Um, so we continued to pray together on several occasions. I still prayed and hope for a miracle. Yeah. But the reality of it was, it wasn't going to happen. So at one point I asked God to just take him peacefully without pain. That's what Travis wanted. And he was home. He was at home. That's where he wanted to be. He did not want to be in a hospital. So on April 4th, which ended up being Easter morning at 535, uh, Travis was holding my hand and he passed away. And I'm a huge believer in signs and kind of like, is that God, a God moment, you know, like how cool is that, that, you know, he passed away on Easter morning. Like what a perfect perfect day. 
Truly. Yeah. But as I like to say, our love story didn't end there. I had a little ray of hope that I was towards that last bucket item on his list. Yeah. So in June, I tried at another shot to have our baby. But timing must not have been right. It wasn't a successful round, but I wasn't given up. So I took a few months off and just, you know, tried to enjoy life a little bit. And then on September 19th of 2010, so on our one-year church wedding anniversary, I gave another shot and I was pregnant. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. oh. Another sign. Yeah. yeah. And so on May 20th of 2011, our little Jacqueline Hope Potaska was born. Oh, what a beautiful name. She was our perfect miracle baby. And Hope was the perfect fit for her middle name. Hope means the belief in a positive outcome related to events and circumstances in one's life. She definitely defines our positive outcome. And I always told her that I would let her know how special her daddy was and how much he loves her, even though he can't be here. So she was my rock. She was why I got up each day. So she definitely gave me purpose to go on. Yeah. And how was that? Like, I'm sure the, the pregnancy confirmation was just a moment of such happiness and through the pregnancy and, and, you know, as as you were going through like the delivery and, and kind of, I'm, you know, having the support there and, and having this child that is of you and Travis and knowing like Travis physically wasn't there. I'm sure. Did you feel him? Did you feel him in that room? Did you feel his presence? Oh yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. And, and what does Jacqueline think? Does she talk of her dad? Does she, do you have signs around the house or? Yeah, she has, um, a picture, the picture from our wedding, Travis and I are both looking at each other and she has that in her room. Um, there's different mannerisms, uh, that she has that I'm like, holy cow, this is your dad. <laughs> coming up and it's so crazy because she never knew him or was around him just goes to show kind of that the genetic makeup that we have and those features or those tendencies that that come out from was it nat nature versus nurture or something like that right showing uh, wow yeah incredible that's incredible so yeah, you, you really ultimately completed his bucket list in that. That's amazing. And what did life mean for you after that whole experience? Um, my focus was definitely Jacqueline. Um, the years later, you know, I tried to date just was tough. You know, here I had a daughter and I'm a widow at a very young age. Yeah. Yeah. And was that something that you and Travis had talked about of his hope for you? And yeah, he had hoped that I would 
find love again. I re I remember his uncle shortly saying after his funeral, like, you'll find love again. And I was so mad at him. Like, no. Like, I was the whole, like, you have one soulmate. Yeah. 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 And so now here I had this little girl was a widow, you know, kind of carried this baggage, trying to find a companion that would accept my child and accept kind of the emotions that I carried. Yeah. Because it wasn't divorce. Yeah. And how was that journey for you? Um, it took several years. <laughs> um, I went on an annual girls trip and had a friend. She was like, Hey, what do you think of Brett Moore? And I was like, Oh, you know, I always thought he was cute. You know, a couple grades younger than me in school. And so she ended up, you know, texting him right then and there, see what he was up to. And she was like, Hey, like, what do you think of Carrie Weber? And I was like, Oh, you know, nice girl. And, um, so she gave him my phone number and a few days later after the girl's trip, he ended up calling me and we chatted and he wanted to go out on a date. So yeah. We went out on a date and continued to see each other. And Jacqueline ended up meeting him. And I remember one night he was leaving and I said, does it bother you that I have a daughter? And he's like, no, why would it? And that was one of the moments that it's like, okay, like, wow. this, this could be the real deal. Yeah. Yeah. Brett, he is actually uh, number two of eight kids in his family. So, of course, like, Jacqueline didn't bother him at all. And it is, it almost seems like it came upon your pathway when you weren't looking for it. Yeah. Like, it was maybe, I don't want to say necessarily when you needed it, but, you know, things that come into your life sometimes we want to have more control over it than what we really should. And to just let things evolve. And in this, it was out of the blue, you know, on a girl's trip. Right. Yep. <laughs> and I knew of him. Like I knew his family. I graduated with his older brother. Like he was safe, you know? Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So we, uh, we kept hanging out and, um, so Brett and I, we had been dating for a little over a year and we were talking one night and he asked me if he could adopt Jacqueline. Wow. So we weren't yet. And here he throws out this huge question. Huge. Oh my gosh. So of course, like, I'm just like sobbing. I never wanted to put that on someone because, you know, to me, like Travis was Jacqueline's dad, but for Brett to just want to, you know, have her as his daughter and kind of take that fatherly role for her. That was another moment that was like, yep, yep. This is my, <laughs> that is confirmation. Oh my gosh. What a sign. Yeah. yeah. So we talked about it more and, um, <clears throat> we ended up getting engaged in February and, um, we kind of got like all the paperwork together for um, Jacqueline's adoption so that after we were married, 
then she would be adopted. And his family was so welcoming and just accepted us as their own right away. That's awesome. So when did you guys get married? We got married in August, (laughs) 2019, August 16th. And then Jacqueline became Jacqueline Hope Potaska Moore on September 23rd of 2019. September again, having a special meaning. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So that, that was pretty cool because, um, we went to the courthouse in Makogata, so in Jackson County and our family and friends got to come. And so you think of like a courtroom as almost like a bad or negative place. Yeah. And it was such a fun celebration. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Incredible. And how wonderful that your family was able to participate all families in this moment. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. And I know, um, you've gone on, you've expanded your family. Have. Yes. So we also have Ambry. She's two years old and JC who she's four months old. Busy house, busy house, all girls. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. So yeah, we, uh, live on a farm between Andrew and Makogata, beautiful farm, uh, borders the, the Makogata river. So there's times we go down to the beach. How fun. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. And Jacqueline has adapted so well. Like she goes out and helps Brett with chores and she has shown cattle at the county fair. Wow. Yeah. Those are lifetime experiences. Yeah. Incredible that they have that to enjoy. Like you said, too, from your farm background. Yeah. That was really important for you. And really, I never thought I was going to marry a farmer. (laughs) (laughs) And here I am. (laughs) Right. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Amazing inspirational story. I definitely give a lot of credit to Brett for just helping us, you know, move forward and being that father figure for Jacqueline and just like taking her under his wing. And one of the best things too, besides, you know, Brett was to give Jacqueline siblings. Yeah. Although, you know, Ambry annoys her at times. I didn't think the whole like, 10 year age difference was going to be a big deal, but yeah, it's, it's pretty cool seeing them interact. Yeah. That's really awesome. So what would you say to someone who goes through a hardship or experiences one, or, you know, perhaps even a loved one of theirs, would you have any words of encouragement or anything to share? Yeah, I would say, um, definitely hold on to your faith. Faith definitely helps you get through those trying times, but is still there for those happy times too. And to hold on to hope. There's gotta be something positive to come out of that hardship. And you definitely have that living, breathing example that beautiful daughter that is the miracle that is the goodness that came out of the experience of, of love and loss with Travis. How did what you experience influence who you are today? Definitely. Um, just don't take those small moments for granted. And don't let the small stuff get to you either. 
everyone is fighting some sort of battle and you may not know it. Yeah. Such a great reminder. Absolutely. Do you have any songs or quotes that lifts you up? Yeah. So one of the prayers that kind of helped me through this journey um, is a serenity prayer. And I never knew that there was actually like a second part to it. I only knew of the first part. Yeah. No, there was a second part to it. No. Okay. So it goes, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, accepting hardships as the pathway to peace, taking as he did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting he will make all things right if I surrender to his will that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever in the next. I think they need to start adding that into what is normally shared. That is, I had never heard that before. Wow. Yeah. That is a prayer that I definitely say. Um, a song. So one of Travis's favorite songs was simple man. And so, you know, if that comes on the radio or, you know, I hear reference to it, you know, I'm just kind of like, yep, yep. That's my sign from Travis. Yeah. Makes you smile. Hold on. To yeah. That. Wow. That's awesome. My gosh. Well, is there anything else that you want to share that our listeners would benefit from? Um, just one of my favorite words is hope. Like I can't say that enough that that's probably one of the key things that helped through this hardship. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's so good. Well, I am just, I, I, I've been speechless at times, um, in, in hearing what you've been sharing, uh, it's such a emotionally charged, but such an inspirational story. Thank you so much, Carrie, for being open to sharing about your story and Jacqueline's story, Brett's coming of this too. It just the full circle of it all. And just the re reaffirming the hope and the faith and just seeing good and, and, you know, what happens when life doesn't go the way we want or plan, you know, for you to have experienced that at such a young age and, you know, to, to carry on that, positive perception thereafter that shows the strength. And I just, I'm in awe of it. So thank you so much. I'm so honored to have had the chance to talk to you. Thank you, Andrea. Thank you so much for listening to the hardship journey podcast today. Be sure to take a screenshot and tag me on social media, the handle at choose your journey with Andrea and share this out. I would love to know what your biggest takeaway was. It would mean so much if you would share this episode with a friend or your family. And I hope you feel inspired and motivated after hearing today's episode. And remember, no matter what comes your way in life's journey, what you go through, you grow through.